that's why we're seeing a big push. There's just a big push in our industry. Um, digital retailing, e-commerce, um, modernizing the online experience has become a hot topic for us. There are a dozen, if not more vendors that have popped up just in the last 24 months have come out with what they consider to be full turnkey e-commerce solutions that are overlapped widgets to go on top of a dealership's website. But I have to eye roll because... <laughs> I mean, what's step one? Step one is I actually don't want to go to the dealer and, and figure out what the package is. Yes. There's just a, a natural, I think in this day and age, reality of like, let me configure it here. Yeah. Have exactly. that framework. And if, I, again, like we talk, we could talk about this all day and we probably have just run out of time doing this. <laughs> But like even the fact that I won't even intuitively go here because that was where I started, that's where we got, like that's a problem. Good morning and welcome to yet another episode of the Coffee with Jason podcast. Today, Jason is hanging out with Mitch Joel. They'll be jamming about the customer experience and a fresh perspective from an in-market customer. Grab that morning closer's coffee and settle in for these exciting insights with your host, Jason Harris. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today I have my guest, Mr. Mitch Joel. Mitch, thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me today. Nice to see you, Jason. Always happy to sit down with a fellow Canadian. Yeah, that's nice. It's, 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 it, I've done a lot of these lately and unfortunately haven't been able to do enough with them with Canadians. Hey, for everyone out there that is listening and watching to this right now, if you can kind of give us just that quick background story that is Mitch Joel, that would be a great place for us to start. <laughs> I wish I could say it's quick. It's never, uh, I've had one of those lives, Jason. Um, started off in the late 80s as a journalist particularly focused on music and entertainment space, quickly jumped over after publishing print magazines before there was an internet to helping to launch one of the first search engines on the internet, an actual meta search engine prior to Google. Did that through this sort of boom bust and echo of the dot-com era, hopped over into a mobile content startup. And again, I say that as if we go, yeah, mobile content, but this was like over 20 years ago, there was no interoperability, there was no mobile web browser, there was no smartphone. So it was a very different, crazy business. Uh, then sort of went back into the music business and launched a record label. At the same time, met a couple of uh, people that I really liked and created or or joined an existing digital marketing agency that was called at the time Twist Image. Uh, we grew that business to be quite large, offices in Montreal, Toronto, one of the largest independent uh, agencies uh, in Canada, North America, sold it to WPP, the largest um, advertising communications holding company in the world uh, five years later, which winds us up to about last year, uh, <laughs> exited the business. Um, uh, the business became Miram, which became a global digital agency with mm -hmm. offices in 20 plus countries, a really successful business that, that we were super proud of. And in the sort of spirit of growing all of those businesses, the digital marketing stuff, I started blogging and podcasting at something called Six Pixels of Separation, mm -hmm. really early days, like 2003, 2004. To this day, I still publish there very, very frequently. 
Um, and I do a lot of public speaking. I've written two books, Control, Alt, Delete, and Six Pixels of Separation. And now I spend my time investing, advising, uh, speaking, uh, creating media, and I'm on the verge of starting to think about starting up again. Oh, no, starting to think of starting up all <laughs> yeah. over again. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, what a, just a wealth of experience here, right? So it's just kind of thinking about all the different places that we can start here and thinking about the people that are going to be watching or listening into this. We have a lot of people right now in the automotive industry because um, that are really kind of looking for what's next for them. You know, um, the industry has plateaued a little bit. Before we, hey, you know we can start? This is a perfect place to start, if you don't mind. You want to start? Yeah. Yeah, I, my lease is up uh, August 31st. We're recording this on July 22nd. And I was just yeah. pointing out to one of my business partners here that I was looking at two very, I would say high-end cars. One was a Volvo and one was a Mercedes. And I'll show you where we can start. <laughs> I created uh, the car that I wanted and I want to print it up so I could then go to the dealer or speak to my broker. And this is what I got. I got this. And then I got this. Can you read that? Can't you see how great and well delivered wow. and designed this is? And then I got this. That was my yeah. printout for the car that's not cheap that I wanted. And then I went to another dealer, uh, another a website, which is I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna in trouble. That was Volvo. This is Mercedes. This is my Mercedes one for Mercedes Benz. Yep. Look at this. This is the printout that I'm supposed to bring to a to the dealership. Yeah. Look at this. How great is this? Look at that. That looks super sharp. How, look. <laughs> start there. Like, start with the fact that you're spending probably millions of dollars in lead generations to get me to go to these websites that are super clunky, super difficult to manage. And that when I finally fight and grapple and wrestle this thing down to the ground, I'm like, I think I have what I want. And now I'd like to take that maybe do more online research, maybe speak to somebody about it. I hit print because, you know, I want to keep it with me. I don't know if this thing's going to save it. And I also worry that if I do save it, it's going to send information to a dealership that's going to constantly harass me, which I hate. Sure. That's what I get. That that's my printout. That's like awesome. Just <laughs> start there. Let's start, start, there. start so, there. So I love the fact that you're currently in market right now because right now. Uh, I want to be able to kind of deep dive into that. So sure. uh, you're leasing a vehicle right now. Uh, is it a smaller vehicle than what you're currently no. looking at? Or are we talking about just kind of going from so yeah. same size, right? Yeah, I'm actually thinking about taking a step down in, okay. in terms of size, but I'm open. I mean, if they came to me and said, hey, same similar car, similar dollars, opportunity. And again, I'm very open. I'm not one of those people that's like, it needs to be this car or that. I'm kind of flexible, as you can see, because I'm looking at two variants of brands. You know, one brand being Mercedes, I'm actually really happy with. I just don't know because of my new lifestyle of being out of, biz out of that business. And now, you know, my driving is very limited to, to just sort of looking. And I'm just, I literally, before we got on, I've, I've forgotten that this is an automotive driven show pardon the pun um i was literally just saying like i i know how much because we were a global agency that that these types of brands spend on these types of experiences huge millions and that's and your that's output. The results i know <laughs> that so where do we start get your stuff together yeah. Like get, get it together. You're, you're either working with the wrong partners or whatever you've been sold in terms of what people are telling you as a developer of, let's say, confabulators or whatever these are called. Mm -hmm. 
that is the biggest joke in the entire world. Like, I just, I can't even believe it. And we're not talking, even if this were a low-end car, I'd be like, in this day and age to have that, it's unacceptable. But we're talking about two premium brands right here. In fact, actually, some of the other brands do have even better. Probably better ones. Yeah, that's the funny part. Um, so, okay, no, so I'm kind of curious, since, you, since you've been in market, since you're in market right now, what drove you to those two particular brands? Are, are well, you currently driving one of those brands right now? I'm currently driving one of those brands, and my, okay. my spouse has the other brand. Ah, okay. So that's kind of your experience with the brands have already been hands-on then. So when it came to research and shopping, you kind of already knew that these were two brands you were going to check out? Yeah, my 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 customer journey was let's go to the two brands that I currently have and and go to the size that's just one step down from okay. what I have and load it up and see what happens, you know, before I start dealing with, you know, a broker or myself going into negotiate with the people we deal with at the, at the dealership and that was, I mean, like, it's ironic. This was literally, I just did this 10 minutes before we came on the call. No insult to you, Jason. I just, I do a lot of interviews and I, I, I didn't remember what you no, do. No, 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 no. That's, that's absolutely perfect. So I'm just like, oh, here, here we go. Like, let's talk about this amazing space. And, and I was actually going to try it on, on my smartphone and I haven't even done it. And now seeing that. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you next. Was, did you do it on your desktop or your mobile? Okay. It was so on my desktop. Okay. So you did both on your desktop. Yeah. Um, you went directly to the website. Did you search for the website? Or did you, you just went directly into no, it? No, I don't got to say, I know what the URL is. I'm not. Uh, okay, so, so you went, <laughs> you went first directly. time on the web. Yep. <laughs> you went, you went directly into the website website you went straight to the configurator yep. because that was the yep. first thing you first thing yep. you wanted to know i'm not curious out of the two of them time wise equal time did you super fast them? i yeah. mean okay. look, the, the truth is i think that again being an older guy who's done it a couple times i know that it's not going to be perfect and i know i'm going to pick a package and it's going to say you can't have that you need this package with that and i was sort of just going through going let me just dump it in and see what happens mm-hmm. so i also know that it's not accurate Yes. That when I probably go to a dealer, there's probably going to be, oh, that sports package doesn't have the X thing and the X thing doesn't have the R thing and the Y thing if you want. So I know that it's going to get mixed and matched. I just wanted to at least have a baseline yes. so that when I go in, I know what the model is, what the size is, or what I think I'm looking for. And I'm I'm open to being swayed. Like That's the other thing is okay. I'm not one of those drivers that's really fixed on a specific model it was more like comfort to have a lot of fun in 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 my spouse's vehicle it's great it's great for the family Uh, mine has been working fine and i'm extremely happy with it service and everything but again i just think i might require a smaller one based off of my limited mileage and what i'm doing um and i just can't believe that that was the result like no i know that's kind of crazy i'm knocked yeah. So, so you print this thing out. Your your plan was to print this out, take it into the dealership. Now, I'm curious, what was your expectation when you got to the dealership? What were you kind of expecting to happen when you walked in there with this piece of paper in hand? Well, it's a good question because I don't know that I was going to go directly to the dealership. I do have a broker that I would prefer just okay. handles everything and says, this car is there or this dealer is there and here's the, the best price I could get. And then my real plan was to just go and test drive them, test drive both of them uh, or get the confirmation drive rather. It's not really a test drive. I sort of know what I'm getting into with both products and I've done my research. Yep. Um, so what I really want, is, I think ultimately for me, because I'm just a different customer, is I just yes. want it to be fast and easy. 
Yeah, see, see, that's that's what I want to hear because I, I think people that are listening or watching this right now. That's the value proposition is that they want you want, and I think you're not you're not the only person out there that wants something fast yeah. and easy, right? And I know they're gonna trap me in the office and tell me how you know hemp and ha and have to go to see the manager, and then once we finally finalize it, they're gonna move me into another office and offer me rust proofing and you know nails and tires insurance or whatever they call this. So I'm also prepared for the pain of the fact that they, yeah, look, the the truth is I'm prepared for the pain and the fact that they want to go through their process and they're not respectful of, let's say my process, but everyone has a different process. Some people like that experience of feeling like, oh, we're spending a lot of time here because it's a big purchase. And I get that somewhat antiquated strategy. I just feel like I'm, I'm more aggressive and more, uh, I guess in touch with what I want because I'm less concerned about the details type of thing, you know, like I'm just less concerned about it. So, well, it's time. It's just, do you really want to spend three, four five hours at the, doing that? No, some people do. Well, some people I think do like they, it's a big investment for them sure. and it's a serious thing and they're going to have it for many years and they want to make sure it's actually perfect. I'm not that guy. I'm just not. So I'm a different type of cat. But I think this is a great point to to bring up for dealerships out there because right, what you you've you brought up a, a very perfect word. You used the word pain. I mean, that's actually what you associated with a traditional dealership business model is painful. Like you expect it to actually be painful when you walk into the dealership and have to go through this. We've built this this singular process and expect that everybody fits this fits this. Proverbial chew, and that's not well. They have a business, like, I'm also respectful of the business model. I do a lot of speaking at events that are related to this industry, too. And so, I understand the sort of shifting of the sales into the aftercare, Mm -hmm. into where they really make their money, into what the lease model looks like versus the maintenance model versus the upsell on things like winter tires and stuff. Like, I get it. So, I'm, I'm empathetic to the fact that they have this business model. It just so happens that the business model doesn't necessarily fit how I like to buy. So it's almost like, you know, the, the easiest way to explain it, it's like, if, if God forbid you were sick and you're in the hospital, you're somewhat institutionalized and you're at the mercy of like when the x-ray doctor is there and when the blood test will be done. So I understand their system. I just don't like it. And all you're trying to do is sort of manage your way through it to get the result that you ultimately want. But again, I'm also respectful of the fact that people are very different. People are stepping up into brands like this. Maybe they're, it's a big step for them. And maybe sure. they want to feel that like feeling of we're here for you. And you know, it's a whole long process because they, they believe that that time is value. And there's a value in that. I'm just not like that with anything, like just anything in my life. So I, I, I'm also able to self-acknowledge that I'm not the atypical consumer. And even if I'm mm-hmm. more typical of that, I'm just more maybe informational savvy. Like I've just done enough of my work to be like, it's fine. It'll be like, I'm not looking for perfection, but a lot of people are buying models like this are, you know, they really want to make sure that the finish is right. I'm just like, finish fine. That's fine. You know, this wheel tire, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not sort of like really picking it apart. Like maybe other people do. But, but I think that's a good point though. I mean, I don't think dealerships should have a one size fits all process. You know I mean? Look, there are customers that are coming in that are in the, you know, the research part of their sales process. So there's the path of purchase. Okay. There are people that are coming in that are in the shopping part and they're, and you, you would actually be coming in somewhere kind of in between there, between that shopping and buying area. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm in it. I mean, my lease is yeah. up. I'm waiting to the last minute. 
you're in. It's rock and roll. Yeah. It's time to go. And yeah. you got you to down, narrow it down to two cars. You're going to do a little bit of shopping back and forth, just kind of see which one feels a little more maybe comfortable to you or maybe it catches your eye a little better or something along that lines, you know, and that's where you're going to be. So it's like catering a process that's more specific to you, knowing that you're a little farther down, let's say that purchasing funnel, you know, if someone came in to your point and they're just kind of in that research phase and they, they want to go over every single trim and they want to feel in touch the different levels yeah. and the different, That's great. That's great. Let them do it. Yeah. 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 Take the three to four hour time to do it. But if you're somewhere down the line, and I think that's where a lot of dealerships are losing out, is that we're, we've created this singular experience and just expect everybody kind of fits into that. And then to to your point, it can be painful because I'm getting forced into this into this particular process. I travel a ton. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 100K plus. I've done over a million miles. And nothing makes me happier than the global entry nexus line. These are a group of <laughs> exactly. people. Exactly. Me like too. We have pre-validated you. <laughs> And you can move. Like it's the you best don't thing have ever. To do all this other stuff that, and it is always like that. It's like that even when you go to Disney World, when you're paying to be at the front of the line. It's like that when you buy a VIP package. And I, I just feel like, and I don't know enough about dealerships, customer journeys, and how they handle the sales process. But I feel like there should be that type of service where you, it's sort of just this area, whether it's called VIP or Fast Pass. I don't know what. But they recognize the fact that these people are, are sort of at the end, and they just want to, you know, help me jump over hurdles. That's that's really would be the ultimate goal. Exactly. Versus on the other side, it might be there's going to be all these hurdles on this way. We're actually going to be in a stadium. Like so some people need more of that understanding, like where they are, and that's fine. Again, like I I'm a marketing person by core, and I I feel like you need to customize. By audience, for sure. Yes. So again, I don't know if they are or not. I could just say that ultimately that these are two of the more well-respected premium brands, I would argue, in the space. And the fact that like the printout is in gray, <laughs> I just can't even, or that the fonts are all over the place. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me that that is the output when it could be such a really welcoming PDF with really good information on it. It just lacks everything. I'm pointing here because they're both on the floor. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what I'd like like you to do, and we'll do this off camera, but another time. But um, I'd like you to go check out Genesis, um, and not 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 because you may be interested in the particular product, but just to see what a different, more modernized version of what you just did actually can actually. Is that like. Hyundai? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the luxury. It's a luxury lineup for uh, for Hyundai. So yeah. Um, so so the thing again, like while we're talking about the business, here's why I'm just gonna I'm writing it down while you say that. Here's why I. I'm challenged by that, that brand and any other similar brand. Um, It's service. Yes. My belief is that if I buy a car like that, I am a victim and I don't know whether it's good or bad, but just this idea of lacking, they're going to come to my house, pick up my car, do that. I, I have an assumption in my brain, whether it's Hyundai, Toyota, Jeep, Chrysler, that that service is I'm suddenly now with everybody. And what I ultimately really want to pay for beyond the quality of the car is an equal respect on the service line, which is that, you know, early mornings I could drop in, it's there. I'm not standing around waiting. I'm not just part of the great, you know, mass. Yes. So I actually pay a premium on the car brand with the understanding or predetermined thing in my brain that says, I'm just going to get better service there too. That's why I think you like Genesis. They'll actually pick up the car from you and drop one off at your house. 
I'll get to know. So also, okay. also, I'm writing also, it down. Is that I just sold the car? Do you get? A, do you get a? No, I don't get. I don't get a thing. But but I just what it is. I think for us is. Um, Look, it's it's all about modernizing our efforts, and it's not just our sales efforts, but it's also our marketing efforts as well. You know, we're a vertical that has just held on to very traditional way of thinking. We've we've not really put the customer at the center of all of our efforts. You know, it's just like you know, it's like no, I'm a car dealership. You want to buy a car? You're gonna to have to come buy it my way, not your way. But to, you know? but I get all that, and I'm I'm actually fine with it. I'm not fine with any brand, automotive or otherwise, spending millions a year on digital, which they do, and that's my yes. domain, and that's your output. Yeah, I I can tell you that I know numbers on major car brands and what they spend on that confabulator. Like I just I know configurator, whatever they call it. Um, <laughs> I, I know what they spend. And if that is ultimately the output, looks okay web, don't even know what it looks on mobile, terrified to even think about what it might look like there, or the process of like you know, trying to figure out like what specs and I can't even imagine doing that on mobile. I didn't even think to go there first because I was like, that just can't be, you know. And then that's your output. I mean, it's a PDF. Like that PDF is essentially an invitation. Yes. Invitation yes. That says your to first experience, not even the dealer when I walk in, but mm-hmm. to my spouse, to my friends, to my peers that says, look, look at this thing that I have. It's an invitation that says, mm-hmm. doesn't this look like I know what. And then even on top of it, I was really shocked. <laughs> we live in an Amazon world where I was shocked at the end that there wasn't a part that said, Thank you for for configuring that car. But if you like this car, you might also want to see this type of package on it or this other model or this other, or based on the pricing of this, you might want to look at like so basic. And that's not AI. That's not like machine learning. That's just really basic relational database that it doesn't even say what basically they're saying is, well, if you don't like this car, probably don't have anything else for you. (laughs) And I feel that if you're going in and using this as an invitation, you might want to then try the GLC or whatever the model might be. Like we know you're at a 40, but maybe the 60 is right for you. Or if you're looking at a 40, we've got, you know, a, 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 you're in the SUV model. The sedan might be closer. Just once you're there, try both. Yep. Which is another invitation to open another dialogue, which even as a pass along paper might say to my business partner or a friend, hey, I actually have that car. Or my dad has the other car they're telling you about. Like it's just this other thing to open it up more to make you perhaps be more inclined to stay within the brand family. Yes. Versus like, oh, this is all you want. There's, there may or may not be two near you. And if there's not, maybe you want to redo it. Why? Well, Why would you do that? No, it's hundred percent. And that's why we're seeing a big push. There's just a big push in our industry. Um, digital retailing, e-commerce, um, modernizing the online experience has become a hot topic for us. There are, uh, dozen if not more vendors that have popped up just in the last 24 months have come out with what they consider to be full turnkey e-commerce solutions that are overlapped widgets to go on top of a dealership's website. But I have to eye roll because (laughs) I mean, what's step one? Step one is I actually don't want to go to the dealer and and figure out what the package is. Yes. There's just a, a natural... I think in this day and age, reality of like, let me configure it here. Yeah. Have that framework. And if I, again, like we talk, we could talk about this all day and we probably have just run out of time doing this. (laughs) 
But like even the fact that I won't even intuitively go here because that was where I started. That's where we got. Like that's a problem. It is. All the, and, and this goes back to what I spent 20 years doing as an agency guy, whether it was for automotive or telco or pharma or other large national, multinational brands was, I get that you want to do all this stuff. I get that you're super excited about overlays or what other 20 other terms you blew out at me just there. But if, if your mobile experience isn't even equal to your web experience. And that's ultimately your baseline web experience. And I'm watching the cost per click stuff sit in the Google searches when I'm looking for that particular car. And I'm clicking on that link and not even getting to the right configure machine engine for that. Like, we're just talking about things that are not only 101 today, they were 101 15 years ago. And I just feel like any conversation around optimization and mobile and digital and e-commerce, I'm just like mm, having a hard time buying that you're going to be able to cross that bridge if the 101. If you can't just get the base products down. And that's exactly, exactly my point. There's a lot of the, like everybody's looking for the magic diet pill right now. You know, they just want that, uh, that, that one vendor or that one little extra widget or that one little over, overlay that's going to solve all their operational problems, but they don't seem to want to sit down and actually take the time to develop out what a real strategy looks like. You know, what does that process look like for the consumer? How can I create that for the consumer, not just necessarily for myself? Well, it's also a gut punch. I think it's yeah. a punch in your gut <laughs> to have spent millions of dollars every year over a decade or more and see that that's your customer's result. Ultimately, that is it. And then you're like, well, what else? Could, like adding on and changing and putting in widgets and it just makes it worse. It's just you're yes. adding on slowness. You're adding on technology. You're in a world where you should, in theory, be able to go click, 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 click. And then that creates and goes, oh, Mitch, that's the sports S package. Good news. Okay, then add that. Versus now where it's like, do you want sports X or sports Z package? I'm like, I don't know. And so I'm going through weird bullet points and opening up blocks. And as I open up blocks, it's changing the pages. And I'm like, what happened to the, I opened this stuff before. All of this stuff that doesn't create for you this sense of time and efficiency creates problems. Mm -hmm. So even along the top, you'll see things like, you know, choose your base, choose your package, choose your security. But even that isn't really giving me an inclination of where I'm at in the process, how much longer it's going to take. Am I really getting the stuff I want? And I understand that the packages are somewhat fixed. I'm not dumb. But even allowing me to choose the stuff that I want and then saying, based off of what you're saying, your best option is this versus me having to choose between three packages that I don't speak your language. I don't know what an R is or what an S is or what an X package is. Um, I'm shocked to see then like navigation added as an extra after. I'm like, well, that's not part of any path. All of it, which makes sense to the people who have created these packages, makes no sense to the consumer. Good point. All this technology add and changing and doing, they feel like they're streamlining it based off of what they have. But when you talk about customer centricity, customer centricity is ultimately the ability to let the customer navigate in a way in which will ultimately result in the best result for them, not necessarily for you, even though ultimately it will be for you. And I think that's a great point. I mean, if they had a couple of quick videos on there explaining to you what each one of those packages were, just a little, I mean, probably only take 15, 30 seconds to explain what that package included. All right. That would give you army of the information. 
make your confidence level and picking that package a little higher because now you actually saw, oh, that's what it is. Oh, those are the wheels I get with that particular package. Right? But even like color, you know, like you can tell if anyone knows me, I just only dress in one color. This is basically <laughs> as good as it gets. And everything I purchase, all the videos I watch you, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> is, is I just only wear black. And so obviously I'd like to have a black car. And then you just see all the different black colors there are. And I'm like, well, okay. But if you choose one, wouldn't it be easier for them to say you chose Nordic black? I'm making a thing up here. Sure. We actually have three variances. And here's a really clear explanation of maybe one's shinier, maybe one's more sparkly. Like, I don't know. I just chose the first one and moved on because I'm like, it's ridiculous that there's four shades here of black. Because <laughs> you could argue that there's only one shade of black, but that's another story entirely. Yep. That, even that logic is the logic. Like, instead, make it you choose black just so you know it could be sparkly, shiny, flat, matte, or whatever. And, and here's a video. So basic. But again, I just went like, I'm trying to get through it. So I'm just first one. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to spend time reading nuanced language that you made up. That's marketing jargon <laughs> about finishes and things like that. It's just not in the customer's mindset to, to do that. It really isn't. No, so, not at all. So all of these conversations always come back to the same thing. And it's again, ironic that we were having this conversation now, but I don't think you can complain about things like how your advertising is performing or whether or not you should, you know, whether or not your mobile app is doing well, if ultimately that's your, your, your primary output. Well, you had talked, I've watched several different videos that you talk about microtransactions. Sure. And would you consider this to be one of those microtransactions? No, this is the macro okay. transaction. This is the macro transaction. Yeah. The micro this, transaction this is the, the process. Yeah. The, the micro transactions are all the little things that got that you to that you, point to this point. And I believe okay. that ultimately when you're talking about selling a vehicle, the macro transaction is they've hit build and yep. then they know what the product is. Then the next macro transaction is obviously that they test drive, walk in, purchase. Those are macros. The micro transactions are for sure, you know, did I watch a video on YouTube? Did I ask somebody a question in social about this car versus that car? Um, even in the process, I think those are little mi micro transactions of choosing your color, choosing your package. Those are little mi micro transactions that get me as close as possible, as quickly as possible mm -hmm. to the macro one, which is build or I'm looking for a dealer or, or, or uh, you know, create a price for me, create a quote. Um, so... So I'm big on those and I'm also big on brands really understanding what are the smallest amount of micro transactions that daisy chain together that get you to the macro. Because yes. we talk about analytics and how many people came on the page, how many people, you know, tried to build a vehicle or ask for a quote. And these are the metrics that we typically will look at day in and day out. And I think they're good vanity-based metrics. I think sure. the metrics are, can we actually look at this stuff and see how quickly we got somebody to build a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we need to be driving all of our real spend or earned towards that first stop to get them to build because that's ultimately going to get them to a dealership or ask them to request a quote. So, so that me would be the world. So now you kind of created this daisy chain. And I'm so glad that you said that because there are still a lot of dealerships out there and a lot of manufacturers out there that actually look at the building price as a micro, not a macro. All right. They see it as just being this little tiny thing, but it's not. It's actually a 
pretty damn big deal. I mean, how much um, how much more intent can you get out of a consumer online if they've gone through those? What was it? What did you have? Probably six, seven, eight steps. Look, did, I spent minutes. Yeah, I spent minutes. I, I didn't spend thirty seconds. I didn't hop onto a Facebook page and like it and then leave a comment. Even that's micro for sure, because it's, it's, it doesn't lead to the you know macro is really a con- a ma- major conversion moment yes. for most people. The macro conversion is the buy. Did they purchase? But I think that's what that's what they think is in our industry. Yeah, I would just I would make an argument that you have two other macro conversions. One mm-hmm. of them would be someone that actually built the vehicle, and the next one would be that they actually are test driving, coming down to a dealership or however else they're going to move towards the whatever, even if it's an e-commerce process. So yeah. Now, okay, I'm I'm curious. What is your expectations now that you've gone to both these websites? You have, we talked about the daisy chain, right? You've, you've done a build and price on both of them. You configured them. You've actually gone as far as printing them out. From a marketing perspective, what would you expect to start seeing yourself get retargeted from these two manufacturers? Oh, I'm super depressed just thinking about it. <laughs> I know. That's what it is. I'm screen super depressed. I want thinking. you to screen grab and post it because it's just like. I'm just super depressed thinking about it because if that's the output, I just know that for the next three months now it's all i'm gonna see right it's all i'm gonna see and it's very similar uh you know i had purchased a, a, a to me backpack and i'm a bit of a nerd with my travel too so i have some buckets in my life that i'm very nerdy with travel is one of them i do a lot of it i move very quickly i want to have really good gear i have a real high bar in terms of what works for me and i've just found that this to me bag that i've been using i have a million bags has really been you know, the 800 pound gorilla for me. It's really been the one that has just satiated all the little pockets and needs that I have. And so what happened is a buddy of mine was like, Hey, you mentioned that bag, which one was it? And so of course I, you know, Googled it and sent them the link. And then just forevermore, that bag is there. No one realizing that I purchased it. How could they? Um, It's just there. So I get it. But just that retargeting hell that I'm in, it makes me mad because the brand is wasting impressions. It's it's making me bad mad because I'm having a negative brand impression when I really like this product. Like they're just not ending. It's making me mad that I didn't, you know, like private, you know, browser for for a friend or that maybe I should do that in the future. I need extra steps to not be inundated. And the craziest thing. And here's the biggest lesson is I actually want really good ads. Like I love it when my digital experience is great. So now it's actually being clogged up with stuff that I'm, so I'm not seeing anything else but that. And now of course my fear is great. After that, I'm going to only see that when it's like, I'm basically there. Like I don't need to see that ad now. I don't, I need to see other things. But could, but could that brand not just show you ads of cars, but, but continue to bring you value? Yeah, they could, that's, but, that's but like, they have so little information right now. I could have just been a 10-year-old kid who's playing around on the computer because it's the summer. That's true. So that's the other problem is there's no quantification of retargeting or creating value. They have no idea where I'm at in the cycle. They don't know where I am unless they watch this podcast and then manually go in and change the <laughs> – they're not doing that. So it's just this – that's the problem with personalization. People think that personalization is a scaled, mechanized, autonomous, do it, and it's not. Real personalization is one-to-one. It's hand-to-hand combat versus like carpet bombing. And the truth is that they have no idea who I am. There's no relation. And so their only thought process is just keep nailing him with the brand, not realizing that that could, in theory, create a negative purchase intent. 
Yeah. What, what if, and uh, I've done this before, but I'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions on this, of running a remarketing campaign uh, with the top 10 uh, most amazing places to go and visit, to drive and visit from where you're located? I think that works if I'm looking to drive. Yep. Right again, now intent here. There's an assumption we discuss here, right? We're it, right? you want to drive because you've been shopping for a car, right? And yeah. I'm actually trying to drive less. <laughs> I'm actually buying a smaller vehicle because I'm driving a lot less. I'm walking to work now. My office is seven minutes from my home. So again, you are right in a mass, but that's not a personalized response. That's yep. actually a very generalized mass thought that, oh, they're buying a car. They're going to drive more. Actually, I'm buying the car to drive less. So it creates problems. And this is the problem I've always had with things like personalization or, or trying to get down to what the need is. There's no formula or they have no knowledge right now. Sure. They have no more information. All they know is somebody somewhere, probably know exactly where, has created uh, a result for a car. But again, that could be a kid just playing in his parents' office because they're not at camp today. So how can, how could a, uh, a manufacturer maybe better that better that experience? Well, we talked about it. I think ultimately, if you make that output an invitation that helps me create more conversations, that actually makes me want to come on a show like yours and go, "You're not going to believe this, Jason. Like I did three cars. Look at what this one did. Like look at the comparison." Oh, I see that would saying. send me closer to buying from them because I would actually believe that they understand their consumer than where I'm at now, where I'm like sort of like I can't believe both those brands just did that to me. You know, you feel like, so, you know, when someone that sort of like runs behind you, like whacks you and keeps going, you're like, well, what just happened? Did they get my wallet? What happened here? That's exactly what literally happened four minutes before we, we hit record. Now, there, there are some companies out there that are trying to input, you know, artificial intelligent marketing efforts into the configurators that you're, that you're currently, that you just currently played with. The problem is the word gets used very vaguely. There's really kind of no explanation of how or what they're using. When you hear the words artificial intelligence and marketing, what does that mean to you? Listen, again, very fortuitous timing. I spent last week in Cleveland, Ohio, giving a keynote address at the first ever marketing artificial intelligence conference. Okay, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> and a lot of it, you know, there was a lot of eye-opening moments. My focus was on uh, voice, okay. smart audio, interactive audio, smart speakers, things like that. But the opening of it was people defining, like really senior people in the space, defining like what is artificial intelligence? How does it relate to marketing? And after two days, I was there for a day of it. I could tell you people were walking around outside at the like eyes wide open, like, oh, that was not what I thought in a very positive way. Like, yes. geez, like we are we are everywhere and nowhere very, very, very quickly. And so you know, I think that when I when I think about artificial intelligence, what I'm really looking for is was the output of whatever the problem was solved because humans told a computer to do something mm -hmm. or was the computer able to access at a higher velocity and a higher speed information from various data sets or things that have been inputted to create a better result than any human could have programmed it to do? Yes. That's my take, but I can tell you that after sitting through these sessions, it's not even necessarily, there's not like a unified, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So again, I look at it and go, we sort of just spoke about that. Is there a way to create databases and information that adds to whatever experience it might be? And I think Build is a really good experience to start with, actually. <laughs> Not because I've just been irritated by one, but because it makes perfect sense. Yes. I look at models all day and night. 
when I start building, I'm going down a road. And, and on that road, there are opportunities for technology to help me make it better. Uh, example would be that if I'm sitting too long on a package choice, sports package, sports plus package, yep. the system in theory could be saying things like, mm, he's so, somewhat stalling there or he's confused or he's lost. What information have we seen historically people move through? Again, the other things it could have done is just ask me like, what, like start before you build, what car are you currently driving? Ask even, the question, right? Even yeah. knowing that like, oh, he was at this level at, with our brand, Yep, he's more qualified. You know, it could say, it could even be a three-step question. What car are you currently driving? Why are you looking to switch to this model? It could mm -hmm. be dro even drop-downs, boring drop-downs. But at least that creates enough data or information that whether using any form of machine learning or just associated databasing strategies, you can have more information to get me further along. So again, it's probably the last worst moment to ask me about what AI can do because I, I'm still spinning. I'm tilting, right? I'm yeah, tilting. yeah. I, I am too. I've been consuming as much as I possibly can because I've been asked. Just tilting. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So normally I'd be like, oh, I have a lot of great questions for AI because you have these great digital experiences. But because I'm tilting from how bad my experience was, I'm like, I don't want to talk about AI. I just want you to get your your stuff together <laughs> and also create the link. Like the other thing that happens is they're like, you know, find me a dealer and I get what that is trying to do. Sure. But I can tell you as a customer and someone who's been in marketing three decades almost at this point that I don't even want to get a whiff that the dealer is not related to the brand. Mm. And this is a yeah. huge thing in the car business. And I know that, that, you know, the manufacturer is not the deal. I know but I don't want to feel that as a customer. I don't care. Like, I just have no interest in knowing. It's like, do I, you know, do I, I've got to get this fixed over at the Apple store and it's not really my carrier. Like as a customer, you don't, even though it is like that, you don't want to feel that way. You don't want and to feel so how you integrate, you know, just even dealership with, with brand and make me feel like you are in lockstep and it doesn't matter. It's ultimately one collective experience. You know, that's a big thing. I switched from my last manufacturer to this manufacturer mm -hmm. because the disconnect between what the brand is and how it's resembled in the marketplace to what the dealer experience was, whew, not good. Nine not, day. Yeah. Not good. Not good. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, well, Mitch, I, uh, we're, we're at the end of our time, but thank you so much for <laughs> this uh, coming. Not to at all where we thought. No, we were this, no, but actually, it's really good. I mean, look, it was in real time. Like, I mean, it was it was totally perfect, great. Right? You were you were in market. You just also happened to be at an AI conference. So, I mean, I still think that you know, in, in our in our industry now, that word is kind of get thrown around a lot. So, I think it's good to hear from somebody else that's that's you know knee deep in it, saying, "No, look, we're still figuring it out. Like, how it's all going to get tied in, how it's going to be utilized. It's still going to get figured out." There was a. I speak a lot, as I said, and I was doing a showcase for my bureau leading authorities, and I, I can't remember her name, but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll be able to find her. But she's got, she's formerly head of brand at LVMH, the Louis Vuitton, all that stuff. And um, she's got a new book coming out, a new speech called uh, The New AI or something, and it's basically aesthetic intelligence. Okay. It's a sort of look, feel touch of what the not artificial because yeah and i think it's a great play and i think her book will do phenomenally well she's really smart and she's a great speaker but even applying that like as a dealership as a as an automotive manufacturer like what is the aesthetic intelligence like 
that is a great example of terrible aesthetic Perfect intelligence, example. you know? Yes. So we can talk about, there's multiple AIs we, we could talk about. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Hey, uh, Mitch, for everybody out there that's watching or listening to this right now, would love to connect with you, find out more about what you guys are up to. What's the best way to connect? Yeah, so sixpixels.com is where my blog and podcast are, and you can sign up there and get notified. It's all free. It's just content I'm constantly putting out there. Or head over to mitchjoel.com if you want me to come and yell at your group about what they're doing wrong. I'm just kidding. I, I do a lot of very fun co content around how to build a, a content center of excellence, how to understand disruption, how to understand smart audio. So you can check out mitchjoel.com for that. And the books. Let's do a quick. Let's let's do a throw a bit quick pitch in there for the books. That's great. Yeah, uh, Control Alt Delete. I mean, it came out over five years ago, and Six Pixels of Separation came out close to eight or nine, maybe even ten years ago. <laughs> but I think that you know, it's funny. I was one of my summer projects was to reread them and see if they still land. And I think what I've learned in rereading them is that obviously platforms have evolved and the technologies have changed. But at the core, of the message, I think it's probably more relevant to what we spoke about in the past you know half hour than anything else about how to think about brands and how they intersect and interact in the digital age so again go to mitch joel or six pixels it's all linked together just you'll find it awesome hey thanks again for jam with me today mitch i really appreciate it thanks jason good seeing you have a good one we covered a bunch of great topics today what stood out most to you be sure to let us know in the comment section below and don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going you can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.